You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. To screening in Kingston. It's our very sleepy but festive Christmas and holiday episode. Uh, with me this week, my special guest co-host, Nicole. Welcome back, Nicole. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be back. As I always say, I'm sure everyone's sick of me. <laughs> no, it's I'm, I don't think they are. I think our fans uh, love to hear everything you have to say. You always bring interesting stuff, including this week, where I didn't realize last time we recorded, for, for you being a guest host, I said, like I'm saying to pretty much every guest host, hey, if you want to just choose a next episode and like you have something you want to talk about, like, come on, you're doing this favor. So come on and talk about anything. And you wanted to talk about tar. Um, <laughs> and for some reason, I scheduled it for our Christmas episode. You know what? <laughs> if you think like orchestral music is very festive, I think. That's I think so. It will fit in really well then. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about orchestral music, but it always makes me think about holidays. Um, I think I could feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think I could feel that way for this week, especially. especially. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Right. I'm going to make myself feel that way is what I'm saying. Yes, like. <laughs> exactly. Good, good. Well, that's good because I the, the holidays really snuck up on me and often we do something festive for the season um so with that in mind i will be reviewing spirited the movie musical extraordinaire yes. with ryan reynolds and uh will ferrell so <laughs> i will we will talk some festive stuff oh man i and anyways yes when we get to it i'll bring it up. we'll get to it yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it um but we have a lot to get through this episode, actually, because I want to talk about the fact that the Golden Globes are back after, I guess, going away, which I didn't really realize they went away. But also they just sort of didn't happen last year or didn't have it on TV. They gave out awards, but I think they just released a list or something. Um, but now they're back. <laughs> yeah, they did. They Because I remember having an episode of Screening in Kingston where Taylor and I went, oh, there's a bunch of Golden Globe winners. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it just happened. So it's coming yeah. back, though. So we want to talk about that a little bit because there are some movies we've reviewed recently that are on here, and I and I would like to talk about that. So we'll quickly go through some categories, time permitting. We do have a couple movies to review. Obviously, I have some other health housekeeping housekeeping I want to get to, but before I do, I have a message to read from Taylor. Um, so this is really great. Uh, Taylor texted me after hearing the episode where everybody, I think about two weeks ago, where we had everyone's wishes to her and her family. So I've got some things from Taylor. So I'm going to read through those first. So Taylor said that she had to listen to the episode to thank everybody from Dan, George, and myself. We're overwhelmed by all the love and support we've received. So that's the first kind of note from Taylor to thank everybody for all your well wishes. And now nextly, and I know our fans are going to be really interested in this. You can also let listeners know what George has quote unquote watched so far. So here's a list of six movies that George has watched so far. People were wondering what's what's little baby George's first movie going to be. Well, here are the six that I assume Taylor and Dan watched and George was present for. 
how much he retained, we find out in life. Um, you never know. Number one, it's a wonderful life. Obviously, Christmas Cute. season. Kiki's delivery service. That uh, Tyler will like that one. Um, I don't. I've never heard of this one. Um, I I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, Porco Rosso. I'm not familiar oh. with that. I I forgot to look it up. I'm not too sure what that is. I will look it up. Number four, True Romance. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, oh, number <laughs> number five, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Also, of course. And it's number six, Death of Stalin. Also, of course, like that. None of this is surprising. And now he's he's ranked all of these as see see it. So he he ranks all six movies as see it. George says see it uh, to those movies. Is there anything on here that surprised you, Nicole? Like you're saying, of course, to all of them. I assume because you also know Taylor. Um, oh, yeah. Does this shock you at all? No, no, not at all. I think that I didn't realize that she liked um, like anime because mm. Porco Rosso and Kiki's Delivery Service are both, you know, I don't know if they're both Japanese. Definitely Porco Rosso is Japanese, but um, I did not know this. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Did I know that? I don't know. I know she's mentioned some, and I, I know we've done, like with because of Tyler, we've done a couple anime episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I think that's a great list. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's funny how it really... It's a Wonderful Life, I think, is the only sort of time frame appropriate movie. Like the only one that I would think is like a December movie. Um, but it's funny. It's funny how if I were to have a child, uh-huh. even at that young age, the things I'd have on even for me to watch would be like Muppets Christmas Carol this time. would be like all those types of things. And it's no. funny how she's like Death of Stalin. And <laughs> and, and I, I just wouldn't think even to want to watch that right now. But I guess, yeah, that's good. Get get George early with lots of different types of movies. Oh yeah, I'm down for that. Let me roll out. Oh my gosh, he will be well rounded. Oh, I've only had it's, two sips of coffee. I understand. It's it's early for you, Nicole. I get it. <laughs> don't don't worry. We're recording this very very early for you. Thank uh, you. Do not worry. Um, yes, yeah, so that's from Taylor. So we're we're very happy to hear from you, Taylor, and wishing you and your family all the best. Hopefully, uh, we will hear more from Taylor as the months go on. But hey, we're not uh, we're not going to put any pressure on her. New family, new family life. We'll hear, we'll see her when we see her. Um, I also have some other housekeeping to get to. Now, I don't have 100% details on this, but I wanted to announce it today. We're returning with our movie book club uh, in January. So we are going to be doing A Man Called Otto, which mm. the book title is A Man Called Ove. I think. Yeah, over. Over. Yeah. And and Katie was saying, I don't know if you if you know this, Nicole, but it had something to do with like American audiences weren't going to respond to yes. a man called Ova for some reason. Yes. Okay. I saw the original the original is so much better. I hope you guys review the original A Man from Ova, like the movie. Is there there was a movie uh prior? There was a the movie book. in okay. from wherever the book is from. I think it's like I think it's Sweden, Sweden or Norway. Yeah, I think Sweden. it's Sweden. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I will uh, I will look that up as well. I'm, I'll make sure to see both. Uh, but that is that is our next uh, movie club. Now the movie, A Man Called uh, Otto, will open in and around January 13th. Like it kind of depends where people are, but in and around then. So we'll probably give you till the end of the month um, of January. So the deadline I'm setting right now, this might change, is January 28th. 
So people right now, you can go right to screeningkingston.com, go to the movie club tab or screeningkingston.com slash movie club. And you can find the, the sign up form is there. You don't have to sign up in advance. A lot of people just read the book, see the movie, and then send in their notes, but definitely do it by January 28th. Um, the movie will come out mid January. So I would suggest reading the book now, which is what I'm going to do and then see the movie, uh, in January and give us your thoughts. So there you go. That's our next, a man called Ove or a man called Otto. That is our next movie club in January. Uh, of course, starring Katie. And we know our fans love when people fit into their boxes. So there you go. Katie will be back with her box of, of movies and book. Club it. stuff. <laughs> um, and then uh, I think that's it for, I've got a, some fan questions that we are going to go through and then we're going to get into a lot of stuff this episode. We've got to talk about a lot of things. I also, I'm, I, this is the, I'm really sad Taylor's in the air for this. There's a Barbie trailer. Oh yes. That I'm going to have to talk about. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I haven't okay. seen it yet. Nicole, it's, it's okay. Tells us nothing about what the movie's about. Love but I think we now know the tone of the movie by watching this trip. Oh, I, I think we know the tone. It. Yeah, definitely watch it when you have a chance. It's very, very, it, it makes me think this is going to be like satirical, but not in a wink, wink, nudge, nudge way. Like in a really, for want of a better word, like smart, interesting, kind of a mess but in a good way type of movie that's the feel i get from it we only saw this is a little preview for you nicole there's only what i can tell like 15 seconds maybe even less of shots from the actual movie the rest of it is this clearly created opening for the trailer i'm not gonna i don't want to even spoil it for you i'm just gonna let you go watch it but i go watch the barbie trailer because it's (laughs) I still don't know what this movie is about, but I tone wise, I'm getting a sense that, okay, this is going to be highly satirical um, and probably have a lot of commentary and things to say, which is interesting. The internet is obsessed with it. I've seen like so many memes about it and I'm like, interesting. Y'all have already eaten it up. I love it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I honestly, since this movie was announced, I've been eating it up because I'm just so confused. Like I don't, Greta Gerwig was the first thing that confused me because Margot Robbie being cast as Barbie I, I that's fine like I I that kind of fits into the mindset of okay so you're gonna have someone play Barbie it's gonna be Margot Robbie fine but yeah. Greta Gerwig taking on this project that was the first thing that made me go what <laughs> like what's she gonna like what's she gonna do this she's a young up-and-coming director who like again for want of a better word I describe her movies as, as like well thought out smart films that are really trying to say something but are still highly entertaining like everything she's done is entertaining, but it's clear she takes her art very seriously. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with directors who don't, but yeah. I, I've i liked her stuff for that. Saying like, I think you're taking this seriously. I think you're really approaching this from like an intellectual standpoint. It's interesting. So to see her name attached to Barbie, I kind of went, why? <laughs> I like think that's Lena, not literature. <laughs> like, I think what Lena is Dunham was supposed to direct it like way back when. She's still producing it though, I believe. Um, I think she's still a producer on it. And so is Patty Jenkins. Um, yeah, so there's quite a, again, quite a talented team behind it. Um, what this is going to be, we don't know. Also one thing before we move on, Mike, 
I'm just going to uh, walk back and say that you called Greta Gerwig an up-and-coming director. I think she's came up, come up already. Like, I think, like, I think that we can say, like, she's in, she's come up, I think. <laughs> like, I'm she's like, done, I, don't I mean, to me, she's done two really solid widespread movies, which is, like, Lady Bird and, yeah. um, and, um, how can I not remember? Pretty Woman. No, not something. <laughs> um, Little, Little Women. Women. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to me, I think I think you have to do more than than yeah. two. Personally. Even if you get even if you get nominated for an Oscar. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. Like I would still Fair say enough. Ryan Coogler's up and coming. I would still say I would if I had a list in front of me or I yeah. or could take a moment, I could make a list, but those are like the, the I, I can name directors that I look out for, <laughs> Ryan Coogler okay. and Greta Gerwig, two of them. Um, okay. So yeah, like uh, to me, I think you got to. I think Barbie will be the third, and it's like okay, you're now yeah, you you're here director. to stay. You've yes. done okay. three because to me, it's the rule of three. If you can do it three times, to me, you're a master of it. Okay, that's fair enough. And that might be a little critical, and I understand that. I can't direct. I can't direct a movie or get nominated for an Oscar, <laughs> but but I'm just saying that to me, yeah, that's where I define it. That's up and coming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Okay. So that was the Barbie movie. I want to get the fan questions first, and then we'll quickly, quickly talk about a few Golden Globe things, just kind of some of the categories, and then we want to get to our movies. Uh, nice. We're packed, so I don't want to. I don't want to uh, not get to the movies, but we got to talk about the Golden Globes. Okay. Yeah. Quick fan questions from Josh the Inquisitor because I haven't answered some of his questions for the past couple of weeks. I apologize for that. We've been recording all over the place. Okay, Josh. Uh, Mike, did you watch The Addams Family when you were younger? Does Wednesday do a good job of living up to their legacy? Okay, so I reviewed the Wednesday uh, show a couple weeks ago. Yes. Um, yes, the show lives up to the legacy. I think it actually improves and expands upon it. Like, I think the world building was my favorite part of that series. Um, did I watch it as a kid? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm not. Um, I'm not great with remembering a lot of things from my childhood, so I, I get bits and pieces. I'm sure I did, or I know what the Adams family is because oh, yeah. I I know what it is. So I must have, but I it, it's hard to tell if I did watch it or not. Dang. Uh, um, Josh the Inquisitor continues and says, "Who's the bigger Star Trek fan, Mike or Tyler?" <laughs> I don't know. That's a good. We're going to find out actually, because Tyler and I will be facing off also in the new year, probably in January, um, in a battle of Star Trek Nemesis versus Star Trek Insurrection, which is the better movie, um, and we will be fighting each other. So Y'all we might find it a lot. Yeah, we're we we almost got. It was so fun. We almost got into an argument recording the Star Trek episode <laughs> last week. Um, so our Star Trek episodes always go longer than an hour. That's just mm-hmm. what happens. Like we talk for an hour and a half. Both of us admitted to feeling very quite heated at one point when we were debating his love of the film Star Trek Nemesis, which I think is a dreadful movie. And we um like we we could sense each other getting like heated and angry. Um, so I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to. It. We decided let's just let's just have it out and let's just do the debate and and do that. So we will be facing off in January. And maybe we'll find out. That's I think hilarious. we're different. Like I think we're different types of Star Trek fans. I don't think it's necessarily that one of us is a bigger fan than the other. I think we both love certain aspects of it that are different. We both have knowledge that the other person doesn't have. We both have 
ways of interpreting things the other person doesn't interpret and that's kind of what makes it fun for me mm-hmm. um so i don't know i think we're both pretty big star trek fans but we're gonna we're gonna battle royale it and see what happens you're very passionate both of you are very passionate about it yes, yes. Pa- that's a good way to say it yes passionate. very very passionate exactly. um all right that's that's the catching up on josh's fan questions um, once we get into the new year, we will go back to a bit of a more regular schedule. So fan questions will be back to normal. I know some people have emailed in asking, like, I don't really know when to ask a question that's topical because I won't get it, get on the show that I want it to. We will go back in January to a little bit more of a regular schedule. So just so everybody knows, um, let's talk golden globes for yes. a little bit. Uh, they're back where they gone. We don't know. Um, <laughs> I, you know, obviously there's, there's you know, best motion picture um, to look at. A couple of the movies haven't really come out widespread yet uh, to us to see. So I, I want to kind of skip a little bit um, and talk about a few things. Um, first being best screenplay for a motion picture, um, because one of those movies we're talking about today, um, Tar was nominated for best screenplay. Ooh. Everything Everywhere All at Once was nominated. The Banshees of Inishirin was nominated. Uh, Women Talking was nominated, and The Fablemans was nominated. Um, so you you've you saw The Fablemans, and you've now seen Tar. Um, have you seen any of the others? Yeah, I saw Women Talking, and I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once. I have not seen The Banshees of Isherin, but um, I think all of these movies, except for Tar, were at TIFF. In fact, they were at TIFF. Really? Yes. All wow. Of, so... Sorry, not everything, everywhere, all at once. That was that out way before. The Banshees of Inishirin, Women Talking, and The Fablemans. They were all at TIFF. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see The Fablemans yet. Um, both Women Talking and Banshees of Inishirin are coming to the theater near me. Like nice. I see signs about them, so I know I'm going to get to them. Nice. Everything, everywhere, all at once I have seen. Now, I want to say something quickly about the tar. Okay. I, I did try to watch this movie, Okay. I got about 25 minutes into it and I stopped watching, not because of the quality of the film, because I just wasn't in the mood for it right now. You know, you're right. There is like a, there, I, I did not to spoil anything, but like I did find myself more engaged to the latter half of the movie. Okay. Yeah. So I think that that's, I think that actually that might be, I don't know if it was intentional, but it was very like. Anyway, we'll talk about it when we get to it. We will. Yes. We'll talk about it. I just, I, yeah, last night started to watch it because I thought, oh, why don't I watch it too? And then Nicole and I could talk <laughs> about it. I watched, honestly, about 25 minutes and just like, I'm not in the mood for this. Like, I'm not going to do it justice. Like, I'm just not yeah. in the right headspace right now. So I turned it off and totally. went and watched something else. Um, okay. So that those are the, the best screenplay um, motion picture nominations. I want to quickly run through um, the actor categories because um, I know our fans uh, like that. So best performance by an actor in a drama. Austin Butler is nominated for Elvis. Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Hugh Jackman for The Sun. Bill uh, Knighty for Living. And Jeremy Pope for The Inspection. Now, I haven't even heard heard of the inspection or living yet so i'm not too sure anything about those honestly i living was on my list because it came out at tiff okay Um, but you know i believe if i'm not mistaken this movie is about like um yes 
a man who gets like a uh end of life prognosis mm. and just like what he does with the with you know the time that he has left and i was going to see it but then i was like i don't know <laughs> i feel like it's been a year for me where that like i just know that i would have been a hot mess watching yeah. this movie so yeah. if anybody's seen it like let me know how it is cuz it looks it sounded incredible yeah yeah and that's i think that's totally fair um for for some movies with kind of these these very very heavy topics yeah um yeah, it's, it is, again, it's an interesting category because at least to me, I know this isn't the Oscars and it doesn't have the pedigree of the Oscars and a lot of weird, th- I mean, all, all words have weird things to happen to them. But this sure. is an interesting category because these are five names that you don't see on here all the time um, for, for leading roles. Like there's, I mean, Austin Butler is a bit yeah. of a new face. Hugh Jackman hasn't really done anything quite like that in a while. Um, Brendan Fraser hasn't really been around. So you just... I think it is always interesting where you have new faces and you see yeah. maybe new either careers coming back or new careers starting to form. I yeah. kind of think that's interesting. Yeah. The uh, the whale is very controversial. I don't know. Yes. I, I have been reading a bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. I just find yeah. that interesting and I haven't decided if I'm going to see it or not. <laughs> I um I right now I don't have a choice I can't see it because nowhere near me seems to be getting the movie anytime soon <laughs> like uh, I, I it might be the last one I see wow yeah no it'll like, come I, I'm sure it'll I'm come. sure it will I yeah. just haven't seen anything um best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama um Kate Blanchett for Tar Olivia Coleman Empire of Light Viola Davis The Woman King Anna De Arms Blonde Michelle Williams The Fableman. Uh, I would say a lot more recognizable names here that that you see in award categories almost every year. Sure. Yes. Uh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just looking at it right now and I'm like, I can't believe. Listen, Blonde was horrible. Blonde was insulting. Did Ana de Armas do a great job? Yes. Is she going to win? I hope not. I don't want any more people to see this movie. <laughs> I don't was- think the movie's even nominated for anything else other than her. Well, I I think, I don't, yeah, I think that we, like the, the collective, we had decided that the movie was trash and Mm. insulting, but Ana de Armas's performance was incredible. Mm. So, you know, I don't know. It's, it is, I mean, we've talked about that before. A single performance can elevate things, even when it's trash, it can. Yeah, it's true. And it can make it be like, wow, we've got to, we've got to pay attention to this. It's true. Um, Yep. Yeah, and then you, you, um, the Fablemans, uh, you famously talked about that on on the show and in your your uh, yeah. <laughs> your dislike yeah. of liking it. <laughs> I'm still so embarrassed, and now that I'm seeing all these trailers, I'm like, damn, that movie was so good. Like I'm so, <laughs> I enjoyed it so much, and I hate it. I just hate it. I'm no, I still- know. It's okay though. It's really good. Like it's especially yeah. if you're an artist or like you're a creative person. Oh man, oh, it's uh, good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I feel about Downton Abbey. Um, <laughs> except the artist and creative person thing, I just don't like that. I keep watching it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is. Again, it's it's interesting because there are some like Viola Davis, Olivia Coleman, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, they're powerhouses. Sure, who are in their every single year and michelle williams i think is starting to 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 become that as well so um michelle williams i think keeps getting nominated for tons of stuff oh yeah um sure. so and she's she rich incredible. history 
Um, so we'll see. Um, I want to very kind of quickly go through um, the musical because they they separate the weird musical comedy things. So the other best performance by actress in motion picture, musical or comedy, Leslie Manville um, for Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, Margot Robbie for Babylon, which hasn't even come out yet. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy for The Menu, uh, Emma Thompson for Good uh, Good Luck to You, uh, Leo Grande or is it, sorry, is it Grande or Grande? Is it Grande or Grande? We I don't know. I don't, we don't know. Okay. Don't Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Emma Thompson, you just talked about it two weeks ago. She's being recognized, at least in with the Golden Globes. Listen, I'm not about to toot my own horn here, Mike. But <laughs> you can't say this. <laughs> I really think that I, I, this could be a job of mine to like mm. predict these things. But anyway, I think that like I was I told my friend last night who I made watch that movie. I was like, oh, dang, like Emma Thompson's nominated. And she replied, she was like, yes, an older woman being brave for coming to, you know, showing up nude on on a film. And I was like, yes, but mm. the people who watch the Globes are the people who need to watch this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, you bring up a great point. Like, that's absolutely true. You, yeah. you know, there's there's <laughs> I, I, I will not take credit for this quote, but someone once said to me and I'm probably going to butcher it. But someone once said to me, like, there's no point in preaching to somebody who already believes what you believe. Yeah, like, exactly. You, you want to go the other direction and sure. try to talk to people who don't. So I have you see seen. That. Oh, sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to ask, have you seen any of these movies? Mrs. Harris, Babylon Menu, any of them? Um, no. Uh, yes, I saw them. Uh, no, I haven't seen the menu. Um, mm-hmm. That one's on my list that I want to see. I wanted to see it, but I haven't had a chance. Everything Everywhere All at Once I've seen. Michelle Yeoh is incredible um, right mm-hmm. now because it's the only movie I've seen from this list. Um, I uh, think she should win it. But I yep. will see the menu. I will see Good Luck to You, uh, Leo Grand, because of your review of it. Like, I will watch both those movies mrs harris goes to paris like i never really had any interest for and i was a little surprised but now certainly if if this movie gets nominated for oscars i will go see it because that's where i'm like okay i've got to see it now i was shocked to see it on this list too and especially because this movie is a remake of a movie like of this movie with the same title starring angela lansbury yeah mrs aris goes to paris is how you would say it like the old version was aris because She's like Angela Lansbury was super British, right? Right. And it was this big thing, and I think it came out in the eighties. And I was like, oh, I can't believe they remade remade this movie. I'm here for it. That's that's hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, I I will probably see it, especially if it's getting awards buzz. But I was very surprised when it came out. I just thought, oh, I'm like you know, like it's flurfy. Yeah, I'll, I I yeah. might see it. I might not. Like eh. Um, I want, I'm going to quickly skip because I'm, I only want to spend about five more minutes on this before we can get to our movie. So I'm going to quickly skip down because I want to talk about best supporting actress in a motion picture. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, they, they decided to, for the, uh, supporting, they decided to put it all in one category as opposed to separating it by, by musical comedy and, and drama. So, um, best supporting actress motion picture. So the nominees for there are Carrie Mulligan for She Said. Uh, Dolly Delina, uh, Dolly, De, Dolly, ah, I practiced this name, Dolly uh, De Leon for Triangles of Sadness, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, <laughs> Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin, and Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So I wanted to talk about first and foremost Angela Bassett Dang. because you almost never see Marvel movies nominated. Yeah. Um, her performance in it 
is striking and incredible. And it's one of those moments where it's almost like this is acting that this genre has in the past not deserved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when it's so good and yeah. so high caliber, even a big superhero fan as I am and a Marvel movie fan, I went like, wow, like that's that's Patrick Stewart for Star Trek level acting, where it's just like, you're just, you're taking this above what the genre normally requires of you. Um, so I, I am very thankful that this that Angela Bassett's being nominated, but I'm super surprised. Well, and it's like, is it, I mean, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure this is all like a ruse to get the all of these award shows to be more relevant because truly like nobody cares anymore because, mm-hmm. you know, we're kind of deviating from this. But I'm like, is it possible that mainstream Hollywood is finally recognizing that like, oh yeah, okay, like, art doesn't have to be the most snuffy things like it can it can be a, it's marvel right black panther mm-hmm. it's marvel. Yeah, yeah like we can have a marvel movie in there yeah like, and incredible. i think i i kind of okay because i'm gonna compare it for a second because i i recently randomly watched uh she said um oh. on a complete whim just been like yeah i'll, I'll watch this so i i watched it uh-huh. and i kind of like there's a part of me that likes that a movie like she said and a movie like black panther can be recognized in a similar fashion for here are two amazing performances in yeah. these two movies that are very very different films but here's two amazing performances that should be recognized and mm-hmm. i do and i do like that um carrie mulligan is always incredible yeah that's what i've learned about about her um and her performance and she said is is extremely well deserving um i have i have many thoughts on that movie Mm. in general but the performances are absolutely fantastic um so i totally understand why why carrie mulkins here um i have not seen again i haven't seen the banshees of initiation yet triangle of sadness i haven't even heard of um again that's commercial is it okay see that's the thing about awards shows is they 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 do what for me at least they introduce me to movies i probably wouldn't have seen so yeah another tiff movie too Another Tiff movie. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Did I mean, you see looks... that one or just heard things about it? No, I, I I heard that it was very, very good. The the drama around the movie was actually, there was an actress who was like, I, how, I think she was like 30, maybe younger years old and started this movie. She's French and she died. Like, oh. like the lead, I think her name is, her name is Charlie Dean. And she died like very suddenly right after this movie did all of the festival rounds. And this movie did incredible at all these festivals. I think it did really well at Cannes. Um, It won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, uh, which is huge. Um, And yeah, she she passed away and it was very, very shocking. And everybody who I know who's seen this movie has loved it. So there you go. Okay, there you go. Wow, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I will definitely... It's on my radar now. Um, and then very lastly, I know we don't normally talk about television, but I just want to very yes. quickly give a shout out to best performance by an actress in a television series drama, um, Emma Darcy for House of Dragon. I'm I'm really happy that House of Dragon got recognized for something uh, and her performance is incredible in it. Will not beat Zendaya, but at least the knowledge. Well, you never there. know. Also, Everyone loves Euphoria though. Like Euphoria is the thing. 
But the thing is, though, Mike, Emma Darcy, and I'm gonna, I feel like I am just on this rampage of correcting you this episode, and I'm really sorry. Emma that's Darcy's fine. pronouns are they, them. Oh, they're sorry, they, them. Okay. Um, but I think that that's what people, I mean, like, that's what folks, I'm sure that, I haven't seen this this show, but as, like, a queer person on Instagram, <laughs> they, Emma Darcy and their co-star, I think Olivia something, had an interview where Emma Darcy was talking about their favorite drink. And their favorite drink is a Negroni Spelliata with Prosecco, if you know, you know. And it was, like, the internet sensation. Like, people, like, queer <laughs> folks dressed up as a Negroni Spelliata with Prosecco. <laughs> what? And, like, for the whole week, like... My wife and I were out in LA and we I, that's all I ordered to drink. I was like, can I get a Negroni Spagliata with Prosecco? So this means more to me than you know. Wow. I, I mean, to me, honestly, the only thing it meant to me was I love House of Dragons. This go. is another type of show that never gets recognized. Yes. So when I saw Emma Darcy's name, I was like, okay, yes. Like that's it, probably the best performance without a doubt in the series. Like they're incredible in it. Like it's that. it's not even a question. So I that was my thing. I had no idea there's this other <laughs> realm. Yeah. Of, I mean, me, people with memes. Everyone's so creative. There's so many mm. things that pop up. But I didn't even know um, that. I know that there were a lot of things because the some of the interviews. Like I think because yeah, I think it's Olivia Cook. Olivia is, Cook, yeah, is their co-star. I think. Yeah. I think um, you're I'm right. Again, that wrong. But yeah, the two of them are really good together. Like they have a lot of great chemistry yes. and they're really funny together. So I know a lot of people have been talking about their interviews together, but I didn't think it was anything that specific. I thought no, it was just it in was... general. <laughs> and That's then really they funny. eventually said, they were like, I was super embarrassed about that because the internet blew up this small little clip of them being like, Negroni, Spagliato with Prosecco in it. And <laughs> It's just like this sensation. And um, maybe I now I have to watch the show. But here we are. Both of us very happy for this for very yeah, different reasons. For very different reasons. I mean, I will say, I, like, the show has nothing of that sentence you just described. Sure, of course. Um, however, Emma Darcy's performance in it is quite, like, powerful. Um, the character that they're playing is so kind of very similar in in kind of game of thrones lore of like the 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 queen or the person who's trying to ascend to the throne but there's so much more sympathy to this character and understanding of of the reasons why they do what they do that i think you end up liking the character and when slightly evilish things happen you're like good do it (laughs) get them (laughs) so you know it, it just it feels it feels good so yeah i that that gives me a lot more context as, as to why, but I can tell you that this character in, in House of Dragon is the most popular one with that. Yes. Wait, one more question before I move on. Do I have to watch or know anything about Game of Thrones to enjoy or watch House of Dragon? No, not not, okay. not at all. Okay. Um, they do a pretty good job in House of Dragon of eventually kind of explaining the family ties, but okay. it takes place so long in the past before anything happened with game of thrones that you don't need to know anything okay yeah not at all i might have to watch it and what's really impressive is every couple episodes they age kind of like the crown does for seasons they age up the characters so emma darcy is in half the season because a younger version of the same character is is in the first couple episodes and then it switches 
So it's even more impressive that half a season's performance, but that's how good it was. That's hilarious. Gives you like a nomination for a major award. Like I think that is pretty, pretty cool. Yes, love that. Um, we got to move on from the Golden Globes. We will talk about this more, I'm sure, um, once the Golden Globes happen, whenever it is. I think it's like January 3rd or sometime really early. I'm what? sure we'll cover it a little bit. Yeah, it's something ridiculous. It's like really, really early. Um, so I'm sure we'll come back to this. Um, but we've got to move on. Yes. Um, we've got to review some movies. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about Tar, um, and we'll end on some Christmas festive yes. cheer. So Tar, Nicole, talk to us about this movie. All right, so this movie is a psychological drama. Um, it is directed by a one Todd Field. Todd Field, in case anybody knows, has not been um, has not directed anything since his film Little Children. I think it was like two thousand and five, and so that's how long it's been since he's made a movie. He wrote this part especially like specifically rather for Kate Blanchett and Kate Blanchett plays um, a conductor uh, named Lydia Tarr and without giving too much away um, she's kind of promoting a bunch of new projects um, and then it this is not spoiling anything you can kind of tell from the trailer something happens where she kind of starts her whole life starts to break down hmm. um, and just you know this is a very i mean kate blanchett is is a marvel to watch she's incredible uh and it's kind of again i don't want to give away too much of the plot um it's a meditation on what happens when somebody is in power Um, especially in classical music the classical music world is very wrought with old straight cis white guys and so Lydia Tarr comes in and she's playing to this audience of straight white cis guys but she's a queer woman which is also very interesting and it asks a lot of interesting questions in my opinion um, as you know when do we separate the art from the artist how do we separate the art from the artist Um, how identity politics comes into things that we gravitate towards or things that we dismiss or not. There's a very important scene at the beginning of the movie where Lydia Tarr is giving a masterclass on conducting, um, and she has a lot of opinions about... um, There's a classmate in there who talks about how he doesn't want to do anything by Bach or something like that because Bach was a straight white guy and he's like this is a scene I watched (laughs) I watched this this is part of what I saw in the movie so this is a very important scene and she as you remember Mike has a lot of opinions and just starts kind of ripping this kid Mm -hmm. a new one because he just doesn't really care for the quote greats of the past unquote and you know Again, like it asks a lot of questions about power and then how we how we come into a place that already has an established uh, hierarchy of power and what you do to conform to that and to have success in the world that you're operating in. And what I'm seeing on the internet too, which we love, um, 
about this movie is that there are a lot of people, I will say this, there are a lot of people who hate cancel culture coming into this movie saying this movie is an incredible uh, thought piece on cancel culture and how cancel culture ruins lives. I'm going to say that they're not watching the movie <laughs> and not paying attention because it's it's not about cancel culture, in my opinion. It, it didn't even... Oh, okay. Like, I didn't, I didn't even think of that yeah. <laughs> like i only saw 30 minutes of it but in the 30 minutes i saw i i that didn't even cross well, my mind <laughs> right well something comes out later in the movie about how like lydia tar's past how lydia tar conducted mm -hmm. uh, not to punny you know conducted herself in this <laughs> oh, world good, good yeah. One. Yeah, very <laughs> good very good nicole <laughs> oh, thanks so much how she conducted herself in this world and what she did with her power to take advantage of people, specifically mm. young women. Mm -hmm. And like, this is very pervasive in the classical music scene. Um, and, you know, I think also what the director and writer Todd Field wanted to do was put a woman in that, in that, um, in that role so that you can right. see, because, you know, if this was a straight white cis old dude um i think that you would very much not be on his side from the beginning and it's not that you're not on lydia tar's side because like she's a super hot successful person like how could you not be but what i loved about it is that it lets you make your own decisions mm. about how you're supposed to feel about her once it comes out that she's doing or she has done and is doing all of these really like for lack of a better word, like she's a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, I, you're you're yeah. honestly making such a great uh, point for the movie, and it's not as though I was never interested in watching it. I just couldn't do it last night. Oh yeah. Um, but I I intend to watch it, and these reasons are, are making me more yeah. interested because I think honestly, maybe it's just because I also watched. Uh, she said recently, I'm mm -hmm. like I've I've seen this with a male because mm -hmm. obviously that's what you know has happened again and again and again and it is interesting to to flip things around mm -hmm. and talk about sympathy you're right like even in the first 30 minutes i'm developing sympathy for her yeah for, for this character that like yeah. is not saying great things is not doing great things but still i am developing that sympathy for yeah. her. so it was working <laughs> their intention well, yeah. was working on me yeah. yeah and i really really liked that you I don't, I think the thing about, I think the thing that this movie makes a point of too is that people in power who abuse their power are always going to be okay. You know, mm -hmm. especially uh, white folks, you know, Kate mm -hmm. Blanchett, she, in, in the character Lydia Tarr rather, deems herself, you know, a U-Haul lesbian. She's married to a woman in this movie. And, you know, I like that it makes a point that, you know, it, terrible humans aren't always cis white straight guys it's mm -hmm. not about the human who's doing the thing it's about the culture that's around mm -hmm. the thing and totally. because she's so successful you know she's going to be fine you know things mm -hmm. fall apart but ultimately people who have that much power and have that much success are pretty much always going to be okay you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and and it speaks way more to our culture and what we are cool with and like yeah so my i guess my end game here is uh Lydia Tarr is a terrible person I enjoyed watching her f fall from grace um, <laughs> I think she deserved it um 
and she's going to be fine. And it was a great movie, but it's a very mm-hmm. quiet movie. So everybody go in knowing it's a quiet movie. You got to yeah. like, you pay attention. Yeah. It, and I mean, I get, it is a slow movie, though. I don't think like at the end of the day, I didn't turn it off because I was bored. I turned it off because as the movie was going along, I just recognized I wasn't in the mood for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a very moody watcher. Like I need to be in a mood to yeah. watch certain types of movies, regardless. Like it's it's even the same with my favorite movies. Totally. Like there's times where I just I don't I don't want to watch um, just images flashing in front of yeah, my face. Totally. I want something deeper. So last night I was definitely in not a place to watch the movie, yeah. but I want to watch it. So yeah. I will go back to it without a doubt. Yeah, watch it, enjoy it. It's, you see it. It's, yeah, it's very interesting to me that the director took so long to kind of do another movie but to me that also speaks volumes of okay is this really important to you then this is this is something that's so important for you to to make another movie like what again i i'm sure everyone works really hard to put on movies i know they do sometimes you can tell when a director cares a little bit more yeah like do you feel like this movie had that going for it i do i thought that everybody cared a lot because you know you're especially Kate Blanchett, you know the point you're trying to make here. Like, you know that the subject matter and the things that you're commenting on, it's not on a binary. It's not a good or bad. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, I think that everybody approached it with such nuance. And again, like, I'm curious to hear these internet, like the folks on the internet who are like, this movie says, you know, the point that this movie makes is can- cancel culture is crap. And it's like... <sighs> It makes me really mad because, like, you weren't even watching it. Like, that's not the point at all. But I would love to hear if anybody, you know, can defend that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Always welcome to hear any any comments and thoughts on on the movies. Make sure you've actually seen it. Yes. Um, that's my only caveat. Um, but I, I will say, again, I haven't watched the whole movie, and I'm sure there's more. I just, my mind wasn't even there when I was watching it. Yeah. Um, I was honestly mesmerized by Kate Blanchett, too. Like, I was like, I'm watching a master Oh at, yeah, at her craft. Also, That's all I was thinking of. <laughs> she's she's actually playing the piano. She's actually conducting this like huge German orchestra. Like she learned how to do this, and it's very hard. Like conducting is very difficult. So, like, dang, dang. Yeah, good on you. Yeah. Um, so there you go. So Tar for you is a see it. Absolutely. Um, there you go. Check check out Tar right now. Um, you can, I mean, I I rented it last night, so you, you can get it on um, various streaming platforms. You can rent it right now. Um, I'm sure it will come out um, more widespread uh, as well in the future. Okay, let's get festive um, and let's talk yes. about Spirited. So Spirited is a movie uh, on Apple Plus, <laughs> produced by Apple Plus, um, going only there and nowhere else. Uh, again, starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. It is a uh, musical trying to be a uh, another Christmas classic. Um, the story is kind of weird, um, but it's basically it's basically a Christmas Carol. But um, oh. after after the ghosts visit Scrooge, they decide to start their own sort of afterlife organization, corporate group. That Stop. picks, yeah, one person a year to try to change who makes a big, whoever makes the biggest ripple is going to impact positively the most people. We're going to change that person. 
Um, so they, they go around and they do the same thing every Christmas that they did for Scrooge for everybody <laughs> that, that they meet, whoever oh they meet and whatever. And Will Ferrell plays the ghost of Christmas present. Um, and they, they, the movie basically opens with them successfully changing someone's life and changing, you know, bring the good out in them and the joy and what have you. And then they're moving on to try to find their next person. And eventually they land on Ryan Reynolds, um, who is, he, he's basically this uh, marketing guru who runs his own PR firm, who helps awful people fix their image. Oh, like Elon Musk? Um, well, it's a joke. The, <laughs> I, I will say the similarities to Elon Musk is there. Um, but I would, I would say he's more, he would be like, um, who, who you would hire when you're getting canceled, um, to try to like fix yourself when you've, when you've clearly done something wrong, he comes in and spins it around or he works for the worst politicians in the world and just creates campaigns that destroys the opponents, finds out one bad thing they did at some point in time in their life and puts it everywhere. Like nice. that's who he is. So he's actually marked in this movie as what they call an unredeemable. So they don't even think he's worth anything. But but mm. uh, for many reasons that you find out in the movie, Will Ferrell has a soft spot for unredeemables and wants to really help Ryan Reynolds. Um, and then the movie takes off and it's basically them trying to change him, but him remaining exactly who he is throughout the entire movie, which is what adds to the comedy of it is he's never even pretending that he's going to change. Um, he's just pretty much himself throughout the movie and does not care and really doesn't care um, and is only made to care in very specific ways, which was kind of interesting. This movie is exactly what you think it is. Um, here for it. It's, it's an airplane movie, like through and through. It, it has joyous moments. I will admit it's funny at times. Will Ferrell's always very goofy. I think Ryan Reynolds is funny. He plays his normal Ryan Reynolds type character mm -hmm. in this movie. It works. What they do works. It's somewhat entertaining. Is it incredible? No. Will I ever watch it again? Probably only if I'm on an airplane where I just got to throw something on in the background. It, okay. I don't even, honestly, Nicole, I don't even like know how to justify <laughs> the existence of this thing, but it's, it's just, it feels the joy of the people working on it. Okay. Um, and you can see that in, in their performances that Will Ferrell's just having the best time. I love ever. that. Um, and that Ryan Reynolds loves playing an absolute horrific person. Um, and Olivia Spencer is in it and she's oh, just nice. knocks it out of the park. Like she's just, they, they just all clearly love what they're doing. The joy does come through. The movie was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. With that being said, it's also not very good. Wait, Olivia Spencer? Who's, mm. who's Olivia Spencer? Uh, oh, sorry. Octavia, Octavia Spencer. Sorry. Oh, Octavia okay, Spencer. Okay, not okay, Olivia okay, Spencer. Okay. I was about to say, like, how do you not know? <laughs> because I got her name wrong. I was like, yes. Octavia Spencer. Um, oh, wow. who, who play, she plays um, kind of the, the administrator of the office that Ryan Reynolds runs. <laughs> um, and so she, her kind of whole journey is that she absolutely hates working for this guy. Um, but feels stuck working here. Um, but again, it's a musical. So they sing about all this stuff constantly. Um, and I didn't know Ryan Reynolds could sing and he actually kind of can. Uh, I will say that another thing about this movie that everybody can actually sing. 
Oh, wow. No, they, they didn't just pick people. Like everyone sings and sings well. And the music isn't the problem with the movie. The problem with this movie is it's absolutely cheesy. It's pretty simple, very basic writing. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Some of the jokes are funny by accident. Um, some of the written jokes like ready, like this is your moment to laugh yeah, yeah. is not funny at all. Yeah. Um, Tracy Morgan voices the yes. ghost yet, yet to come. Um, what? And that's pretty funny. Yeah. He's like, he, he voiced. So the, that ghost never speaks for the people, but then once they're done haunting someone, it's yeah. Tracy Morgan. Oh my God. Um, and it's pretty funny. Rose Burns in this. Um, a lot, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of small cameos. Judy Dench plays herself. I'm here for that. Um, and so slight spoiler, but I have to explain this because this is the one thing of the movie that actually raised it from a skip it for me okay. um, at the end of the day. I have to. So if you care about Spirited, don't listen to the next two minutes, but you shouldn't. It's revealed about halfway through the movie through time travel and through Will Ferrell trying to like convince Ryan Reynolds to take this seriously that Will Ferrell is actually Ebenezer Scrooge. So when Scrooge was changed and then died, he took the opportunity to become one of the ghosts to help people in the future. And that's why he has such a soft spot for the people who are basically said like, well, there's no way they can, you know, they can come anything. And he, he dies at a young, like not a young age, but like he dies not long after a Christmas Carol in this story, like completely by accident. Mm -hmm. So he feels like he has this unfinished business to make the world better. Um, and that was the one thing that I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting. Like that's somewhat well thought out. It's a bit of a silly concept, but I didn't know that at the beginning. And when it was revealed, I went, oh, that's different. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to see it. So yeah, spirited. It's an airplane. It, it's a, it's a probably a fine little matinee movie thing to watch. If you really need something festive, it, it can be fun at times. There you go. Spirited. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk very briefly about the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special, but uh, we don't have a lot of time. And all I'll say is it was way better than I thought it was. Um, but if you're a Marvel fan, you'll I think you'll absolutely love it. If you're not a Marvel fan, there's nothing in it for you. So <laughs> there's my quick review of that. Um, Nicole, I have to quiz you. Okay, wait. Before, do, yeah. Hang on. Before you quiz yeah. me, have yeah. you seen Falling for Christmas, that new one with Lindsay Lohan? <laughs> Listen. I haven't yet. <laughs> I know. I know. We talked. But listen, I haven't had the constitution to watch it yet. I will. I promise to watch it before I do my my review of 2023. Like over the next two weeks, I will watch it, oh and gosh. then I'll include it in my review of of uh, the so the 2022 wrap up episode. I will include that. Dang, I'm it. excited to hear what you think. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it. Oh, okay. Man. Here we go. Three yep. questions until I run out of questions in this box. That's how long we're doing this for. Um, which sports team what? is Forrest Gump on when he is in the army? Football. Table tennis. Doesn't he uh, also play football? <laughs> I think in high school, though. Oh. I've seen that movie once. Um, oh. And I think, he, I think he does play football, but not in the army. Okay. Number two. What is the name? Of Robert De Niro's character in Taxi Driver. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I know. 
oh my gosh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Because it's very, 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 very famous. And it's like a villain and like people. And it sounds like a food that I like. Uh, Pickles, pickles. Uh, Bickle. What's his first name? Bickle. Yes, Bickle. That's his name. Mr. Bickle or Travis Bickle. Oh, his first name's Travis? What? (laughs) There you go. I'm going to give that to you. You got that one. Uh, Your last question. In the romantic comedy, 50 First Dates. Yes. What is wrong with Drew Barrymore's character, Lucy? Okay. She has an accident and then she can only remember things for one day from the day of like everything up until the day of the accident, anything before that, but anything after that, she doesn't remember. But I don't Correct. know what the name for the short term memory loss is all oh, they okay. have listed here. <laughs> but but yeah, that's you got that 100% right. So there you go. Two for two for three. Yes. Well done, Nicole. Um, Nicole, thank you so much for, for doing this um, and, and talking about tar. Um, which is kind of a, a bit of a different theme to, to, for our festive episode, but mm-hmm. I liked it. I think this I think this was a good way to to end off uh, the festive season. So thank you so much, Nicole, for doing this. Thank you for having me. Um, just so everyone knows, there will not be a new episode of Screening in Kingston next week. The show will be off um, next week, so our next new episode will be January third, which that's where I'll do the recap of all the movies that we reviewed and saw in 2022. Um, and then from there, there will be new episodes every week. So just not one episode next week. So for everybody listening, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate. I hope you celebrate it well. Um, happy New Year as well. Spend time with friends, family, whoever you want, really alone. I don't care. Um, whatever makes you happy, you should do it over the next couple of weeks. And Happy New Year. We're saying goodbye to 2022. Hello to 2023. And as Taylor always says, go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.